0: listening to our wayward life a podcast about living life a bit differently we're Natalie and Daniel a married couple from Tennessee in 2015 we sold everything we owned moved overseas and we've been living the expat life ever since stick around to hear about our travel experiences both good and bad our expat adventures and everything in between
1: Welcome back. Today we're joined by a good friend of ours, uh, John Hensel.
0: Also known as the most interesting man alive.
1: He is known as the most interesting man alive.
0: Yeah. Don't believe those Dos Equis commercials.
2: Doesn't uh. <laughs> <laughs> make me cringe.
1: Yeah. So welcome, John.
2: <laughs> Thanks, guys. I can't possibly live up to that uh, that billing of
0: introduction, <laughs> but I'll try. All right, so we met John when he lived here in Abu Dhabi. When did you come to Abu Dhabi? The first time. 2008, first time. Okay, 2008, we moved here 2015, so he was well established as a local guy here. <laughs> we <call it laughs> local, local expats. Um, and honestly, so we met him in our running group that we've talked about, it's really a drinking group, and when we met John, we just thought like this guy just knows everything
1: about everything,
0: yeah, we're like hey where where would we go for um like a a nice dinner right like if you want to show people local food, where would you go? John knows that's cool, and like where do I go if hiking. i if I want to go hiking? John knows where do I go if I want to park near the airport but not pay for airport parking <laughs> John knows John knows, but then we went there and we got a ticket anyways. <laughs> It's okay. It was yeah, 2015. And, we're, still, the writers. we're still We're yeah. still over it, not over it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, can you just like tell us and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Like where are you from? What do you do? Uh,
2: okay. I'm a quasi, half Kiwi, half Aussie.
0: A quasi. Um, a
2: quasi.
3: <laughs> I was a journalist. <laughs> I was a
2: journalist. I retired about five years ago, which is good because the profession is isn't not in a good shape at the moment. Um, and I've changed to trying to be an aid worker. But since the virus, I've been stuck in – I've got sent home and I've been stuck in Australia for the last two years. Um, but today, this is a red-letter day, I actually booked my first international flight ah. in a really, really long time.
0: My bro. So I'm going to LA.
2: I know. I know. This is quite – it's like, what's my passport number? I know yeah. I used to have that, like as you guys do. I used to have it in my mind. What's the expiry date? I knew that already. What's the yeah. – more details. And it's like, no – I should actually look it up. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> oh, anyway,
0: this is an yeah, so, exciting So, stuff. where are you going? LA. Oh, oh. man. Nice. Just before. Yeah, well, my
2: friends are, um, yeah, well, friends are, friends who are hiking, who are hosting the P.C. Crest Trail hikers um, have decided to host again. They haven't hosted the last two years. So, so 2020 is going to be their final year of hosting after 17 years or something. Um, these are people called Scout and Photo who are very well-known in the, in the hiking community. And so I was the second person to ever stayed with them before my hike. Wow. And then Scout and I um, ended up hiking together on all three of those long American trails. So I'm going over to help them in their final season of their um, of their posting, tri- uh, supposedly final season.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it really does.
2: Then I've only booked a one-way flight and the plan is to so hopefully things will other things will open up between now and then. I'm hoping to be able to get back by Taipei, um, which was what I was supposed to be doing two years ago. Okay. So I've got to go to another country that doesn't exist. <laughs> Add to my tally. Yeah. Before, before it really doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah.
0: That is kind of your MO, going places that don't exist.
1: So tell us, yeah. Yeah, but... how many countries have you been to?
2: Oh. Uh, it depends which list you use. It's because along with the... Um... <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no easy answer to this. I tend <laughs> no. to use a UN list, um, and that's like a 190 something countries. I've been to 110 of votes. Wow! But there's things like um, uh, countries that don't exist, for like Somaliland, which I went to, which doesn't officially exist. It's got a currency, it's got a parliament, it's democratic, but no one recognises it. Um, what else is there? Transnistria in Southern Moldova. It's like a Russian enclave where the pro-Russian things. Okay, that's also bordering ukraine so just it's scary at the moment yeah. um i don't know anyway but yeah, so 110 countries if if you use that list 100. but it doesn't include antarctica which, which that's um, ridiculous that doesn't count as a country so it doesn't that's not part of the 110.
0: so 110 plus antarctica
1: and a couple yeah. more
0: yeah
2: yeah i, I include the, the observer countries like palestine and vatican okay yeah so there's two u.n observer countries and all the rest of the member states
0: Wow. nice that's, that's so impressive that's unbelievable like, and the, were the majority of those for journalism or were they for travel no,
2: no just mostly for, for fun
0: okay all right okay so, so, but
2: this, this is but this is such an amazing place so like i had a, i was really lucky it's like every time i as a journalist it was really encouraged to um to get a lot of life experience and have a go around see as much of the world as you could so the um so every time I change jobs, I used to change hemispheres and spend take six months oh. off between jobs. And it doesn't make doesn't look bad in your C V.
1: No, not at all. Because
2: you're um no, so for especially for gym, it looks good in your C V to do that sort of thing. So a lot of the countries a lot of the countries did I did all that. Then when I was in the UAE, um, we had I must have had eight weeks a year holiday or something like that. Uh, between the stats and the, and the, probably more than that. Um, between the stats and the statutory holidays and the uh, annual leave. And I was also some of my friends work for Etihad, so I used to get friends and family rates for their tickets, so you get business class 90% off.
1: Yeah, the good old days.
2: I, I don't do that anymore. It's, it's very and sad. Do you still
0: have <laughs> any of those friends here?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I think, yeah, none of them. None of them actually, one was a hasher, um, and, none, and the other one was uh, was now in uh, Oranda. Oh. So I can get friends and family on Air Oranda.
0: Does that come in handy a lot? Not yet. Oh, man. Okay, so at what point did you leave Australia, New Zealand, like that area, like for long term?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I grew up in Australia. I left, um, I left in 1984 when I finished university for a two-year trip that lasted until 2017, so 30-something years.
0: Wow. And where were you headed at that point in 84, which I want to say that was um, when I was born.
2: I me see, in 84, I headed off to the US to work in the ski field and then went to live in New York and then went to London then took six months travelling across Asia back to Australia. And I worked in Melbourne for three years. And then I took six months off travelling back across to London to work there for six years. And then took six months off, you may see a theme here, um, to head back to New Zealand, to head to New Zealand where I lived for 12 years. And then I quit my job there, took six months off. And ended up in, so I went to Alaska and ended up in the UAE, which is an unusual, unusual yeah. trajectory. trajectory yeah. For because the, I think
1: Korea. you were the, the only man that I've ever heard of showing up in the UAE with frostbite.
2: Yep. <laughs> yeah, or frostbite, but yeah. 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 It was, <laughs> it was uh, unusual.
0: I just, I just, I have so many questions about like your journey as an expat. So do you consider yourself an expat? Or just yeah. more of like a long-term yeah, traveler? I don't, I don't,
2: I don't fit into many normal places anymore, yeah. so I don't, have, I don't. I don't. know. I don't have much in common
0: with most of the people who live
2: here, which is an unusual thing. Yeah.
0: yeah, we find that. Yeah, local. but it, we must, it's, when we go back it's home like to like visit, sorry, we keep talking over each other. We'll edit that out. Us, we feel the same when we go back home. We feel like we don't fit in a in the same place that we did before. No,
2: yeah, because you, you've changed in, in while you've been away, and they've changed as well in yeah. different ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So, what brought you to the UAE in 2008 via Alaska?
2: <laughs> Sorry, I quit my. Job. I've been in my last job for 12 years, which is the longest job I've ever had. Like it was a destination job. It was a prestigious newspaper in New Zealand, if that's not a contradiction in terms. And then, so I had 12 years is too long. My job it was too much of a comfort zone, so I quit the job, went to Alaska, um, and this is in May 2008. If you had to actually pick. The worst month to try and move to the US <laughs> it would be May 2000 it would be close somewhat around that time. Um, so basically I went on went climbing first, I went and climbed Denali first. and I got off Denali and the main newspaper had sacked 20 percent of its staff and also gas was five dollars a gallon. Um, and then there's no and then the financial crisis happened. No one was hiring like at all. And I had frostnip on two fingers. <laughs> so, And that's when um, and that's when one of my friends said, hey, John, there's this newspaper in Abu Dhabi is starting. You should come over and work for it. I figured, yeah, sure, why not? Why like not? Alaska was going to be a change and Abu Dhabi was going to be a change too. So there I was. Oh,
0: wow. So you moved here to work for the, the, for national, the national newspaper? The
2: national, yeah. They, because they launched the original national in um, April 2008 and I came over to start the weekend edition.
0: Okay. 19.
2: And how
1: long did you work for them?
2: Uh, about almost eight years. I had a break in the middle at one point, but it was it was such a such a rare thing. It was like um, you can actually do the job properly. Like in New Ze- even fifteen years ago when I left here, when I left New Zealand. It was moving towards away from journalism and more towards we call it journalism, where you had to belt out three stories a day. Yeah, and you can't do anything well. All you can do is is um, he said, she said, boom, and out it goats. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to do 10 stories on the Kardashians in a day. It's really <laughs> hard to do anything properly on um,
0: Something that's know, relevant yeah, so. and that matters?
2: Yeah, not, yeah exactly. not the Kardashians. So if you had, yeah, if you had to do a yeah. difficult topic or something like that, then it, just didn't, it was really hard to get the time in the newsroom. And, and, and that was 10 years ago. It's worse now. Um, but something I got through with Abu Dhabi, and it was a wash of money. It was ridiculous amounts of money already. My salary tripled. As a direct consequence of a global financial crisis I went on three times the money I was on New Zealand, (laughs) which I couldn't tell anyone about because everyone else was really struggling (laughs) and losing their jobs. And then um and but a more important thing was you could do the job properly. Like if you wanted to take a week to do a story and had to fly somewhere for it with a crew, no problem. So that's the thing I really really enjoyed about. You could do it properly.
0: Interesting. Okay. So then you were here for how many years before you took a break from the UAE?
2: I was there t- almost two years before I took a break.
1: And
3: you love.
2: Um, went over to the US and did another one of those long hikes and got um, down divide trail and came back to... I mean, tried, uh, my parents became pretty elderly then, so I came back to help look after them, but they weren't quite in the, in the space of wanting the help yet. And then there wasn't much work on Australia, and a friend of I was saying... I came back to... There's a a couple I met on the... who I was hitchhiking on, in Tajikistan, me up, as you do, as you do. And I was stuck because there was no fuel in, in, uh, in southern Kazakhstan because of the coup that had happened a week, a month before. And this English couple who had lost all their, they worked in finance in London, who had lost their jobs and were just basically doing this huge two-year journey through Asia, can picked me up. And I was with them when they got engaged on the Tajik-Afghan border, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. And then they invited me to their wedding in Britain, so I came back and flew back by by Abu Dhabi. Um, to see friends and what have you and I went to the newsroom and and they were saying don't you come back there's these jobs here, blah 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 I "I really miss expat life (laughs) Yeah. so I came back
0: and then you stayed yeah expat
2: life was pretty good and you stayed until I I retired okay
0: and that's that's when you know the best year of your life when you met us right obviously (laughs) exactly
2: (laughs) so well, the longest you're laughing you got my car yeah. yeah
0: that's very true we do have your car <laughs> and and a bike and, and a kayak
2: still yeah. going is it yeah. and yeah. a kayak
0: oh the desert roach that's and, the and well... tent we
2: no the <laughs> tent the
1: tent didn't last very long oh. you know.
0: i feel like the tent what? we gave to someone else to use
1: no we uh you remember it snapped one windy night while we were oh. camping like three of the poles snapped in the middle of the night so it is what it is i'm not
2: sure ever use that tent no. I hardly ever. As you know, I don't hardly ever take a tent with me. No, yeah. you just sleep on the ground. You know, given to me on, on a fam trip one time.
0: Yeah. But yeah, the Desert Roach, woo, 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 you know, is what woo. we we named the car, and it's still going strong, climbing all over the desert. A, yeah?
2: You can't kill, kill those cars. It was a that, great car. That's
0: why it's named the Roach.
1: <laughs> and that's why we still have it.
0: <laughs> okay, let's talk about your expat life when you were in the UAE, because that's something that we like to talk mm-hmm. about a lot, obviously. So... <laughs> What do you think, not, not just the UAE, but what are some of the greatest benefits of being an expat in general?
2: Um, there's a whole series of, um, the thing is one of most beneficial, I think is actually one you wouldn't necessarily think of. And it's like everyone who's, um, who's come to the UAE and you guys definitely fit into this category, um, tend to be people who, who, uh, Take educated risks, and to do to for something to work out well. So you got this timid middle part of life who thinks, well, I can go to the UAE, and make some money and have an adventure, and blah blah blah. But it might not work out, and I'm better off staying where I am because it's safe, and I know where else what's going to happen and safe. So the people who tend to go tend to be risk takers, and it make it generally makes them really interesting people. Um, it's the same people who, who anyone who steps outside of a normal path of society where you, you're normally required to have a like a bigger house, bigger car and a bunch of kids and a white picket fence and a mortgage and a whatever, and all the rest of the stuff. Um, people have chose, actually chosen not to follow a normal path of life and they're the ones who will end up as expats quite often. And yeah. it make, tends to make, I don't know, the fact they haven't deliberately chosen not to follow what everyone else does makes them interesting people, I think. There's also, that's, that's the good side of it. <laughs> the good side you have always people who are actively making a choice like that. On the other side, you have this subset of that on the other end of the spectrum, people who have, um, sorry to your cousins or your friends in, the, in Tennessee who fucked up every part of their life and have washed up in this global eddy of expat life in the UAE. Yep. Yep. You, every t- so as soon as, within five minutes, you know which one of those you're talking to.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. The risk be
2: competent risk taker or the fucked up and ended up here
1: yep. category yeah they fucked up everything it's a
2: polite way to say that
1: no there's not they fucked up everything in their hometown or country and they run over here and think oh i'll just change the whole world by moving you know to another country and they do the exact same thing here and it's kind of like you know it's not the country or the place it's you dumbass (laughs) figure it out yep
0: yeah
2: yeah exactly
0: i like what Uh, you said about calculated like people who are like intentional risk takers Moving here and being expats. And I do think that's one thing that makes expat life so interesting is because typically when you're talking with other people who have moved here, they've done other really cool stuff as well. Not that you can't be like fit into like the box of what most people think adult life should look like and be not be interesting. Mm -hmm. But those people who come here, they've typically traveled some really interesting places or... They have great stories of like their nights out and they ended up on a boat to Antarctica or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what do you think are some of the biggest challenges as an expat?
2: Um, this is something I more realized after I'd left the, the UAE. Because, uh, like, my other expat stuff, I was uh, working in Britain, a sort of semi expat ish, but working in the Middle East is like, like real expat stuff. So um but it's like a you, ever, you heard of a um avoidant attachment syndrome
1: yeah
2: yeah i think there's an over-representation about among the expat community okay for good or ill and they find they find their space with them
0: hmm.
2: in the show notes i'm sure you can provide a, a, a diagnostic de- definition <laughs> of that
0: <laughs> all right any other uae questions you want to ask him no oh i've, I've got well, one besides
1: we went we went on an epic hike with well i went on multiple hikes with john but we went on an epic hike up to omar one time with john and john was like you don't need sleeping bags you don't need tents it never no, rains it never it's rains. the perfect weather john what happened during that trip
2: well a frozen troglodytes trip yes <laughs> we end up, i think we all had sleeping bags didn't
1: we uh, we had sleeping mats.
0: Yeah, we had sleeping mats and we had a, a, like a blanket. Did you like have a, a
2: sleeping bag? No, no. we had jungle, oh, okay. like
0: jungle blankets, like poncho liners. So it was all right.
2: Oh, okay. That may explain quite how miserable that night was Then for you. <laughs> um, yeah. That rain was not forecast, so it was very strange. Yeah. No, we, we were climbing the highest peak in about, well, close to the highest peak in the mountain. You can't go to the top because there's a military base on top. But you can go near to the highest peak. Um, yes, and a storm came in. And we had one tent between 10 of us, I think, <laughs> which you managed to inveigle your way into <laughs> during the night, yeah. as I recall. Um, we ended up having to hide in caves as this enormous thunderstorm came rolling <laughs> over. It rained for was, like six yeah, that was, hours. That was an entertaining weekend.
0: Yeah. Well and it was funny because when it first started raining, we're we live in UAE, right? We don't see rain. And we're like, ooh, rain, this how is awesome. cool, this is amazing. And then we're like, oh, it's not stopping. Yeah.
1: Two hours later it's like, then, oh really. And
0: we're camping like in a wadi. So the rain's just like <laughs> starting to fill up and I'll never forget Liz saying, I see white caps on the water. <laughs> And then she told Mason, she said, we're going to be having fish for dinner. (laughs) And we had all brought like really nice like snacks to share, maybe like a little bottle of wine or whiskey to pass around. We were going to tell stories by the campfire. And we ended up, we ended up, uh, Emka had brought a gas station slice of pizza and we each took a bite. (laughs) And then oh, somebody God. somebody had a Snickers bar, and we each got, like, a little bite of that. I do remember yeah. you had a small water bottle of whiskey.
1: And you told yeah. Liz you it was sweet tea. You told
0: Liz it was tea, and she was like, oh, I love tea, and just <laughs> <laughs> turned it off.
2: Yeah, that was a bit cruel. Um, no, no, it, it was it's a very great. type 2 fun uh, weekend, that one.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the next day, <laughs> it was like it was a dream, like it had never happened. Yep completely yeah. bizarre uh except
2: so, for yeah, the other group who camped just near us you found all their abandoned tents yeah, the, the
0: sleeping bag was up in the tree <laughs> like they had hung <laughs> it up to dry and then just left it so yeah i was like we'll come get this tomorrow okay so i have a uae question for you as yeah. you know then and now the uae is typically known for you know being excessive everything over the top biggest yeah. baddest everything from your memory, what is something that you're just like, oh, that was just the most UAE thing I've ever experienced?
2: Brunches.
1: Brunches, yeah.
2: Yeah, especially the over-entitled white expats at brunches. They always <laughs> made me cringe. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like, you anyway, had a few people who, alcoholic journalists, I know this would be a, a shock to anyone, and you had alcoholic journalists who came, who took a job in the Middle East thinking they're going to dry out. Boy, is that a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst place to try it out yeah. in the world, I think. Because like, I had to, I've never had a place like it. Well, I was back in, I came back to Brisbane in, that, in between my two stints in the UAE. And it was like no one seemed to have made a new friend since university. And it was like everyone had, had got their social and social networks had all stratified at, at the age of like 23 or something, it hadn't evolved since And then but you go to a UAE. Every single night, there'll be something on. Every weekend, you've got 10 different things that you can be doing. And the thing about the personality type people who go there, they tend to make things happen. They don't, they don't wait things to happen. They organise it, yeah. as you guys do. Um, and it's like, yes, yeah, so all the time, there's something happening. And I had to nominate nights in the week. I said, I am not going, I'm not drinking tonight. I'm just going to stay in and actually have a quiet, quiet night and not get take part in this madness of, yeah. of social activities
0: do you know i actually oh, remember you i remember you telling us that when we first moved here and we had <laughs> i think we'd only been here maybe like eight weeks or something and yeah, yeah. you were saying like oh like make sure you pick at least one night a week to be a dry <laughs> night <laughs> yeah, cause if, it's it's if, yeah because it's good advice because if not way. you might you end up you end up out all the time yeah
1: because so. if not here like you said every night of the week you can go do something yeah. regardless yeah. you know what it is and 90% of it revolves around alcohol, and it's just kind of like, you know, there's a brunch, there's a ladies' night, so now they're doing guys' nights, and it's stuff like hours, that, there's happy yeah. hours, and just kind of like... There's guys' nights?
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: However, you'd be shocked to know this, ladies' nights are no longer free. What?
2: I know. Yeah. As in for women? Yeah. yeah.
0: Women go so paper. I think there's like maybe two that I know of in the city that are still free. Most of them, maybe it's like 75 Durham's. And it's you can three hours of drinks, and then you can get maybe fifty percent off food, or you buy a main course, and then you can get free drinks. So it's still really, really, okay. really good, but it's not like it used to be, where you can just turn up every night of the week and drink for free. <laughs>
2: Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was like a because it, it started just as I arrived. They started the first, very first ladies' night had the most evil cocktail. It was the only thing on offer was free, <laughs> and it was and it had sort of the drunken expat women. And then, as a consequence of drunken ex-fat women, you had all the other predatory groups that come in following the drunken expat women. Um, yeah, that <laughs> wasn't pretty. And you got, you got I think it, by the time you guys arrived, it got a lot more uh, lot more pleasant. It actually drinks you would actually consider drinking and not just for their free.
1: Yeah. yeah. Not running, running, running your running vehicle on. <laughs>
0: yeah, they were not substitutes yeah, for petrol. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think like, yeah. the, the brunches and the things like that are the, one of the most over-the-top things about the UAE. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. The, the thing, one of the under, underappreciated things in the UAE is food. Yeah. Because yeah. every different group who's working there has got, brought their own food. With them. And so you have the best Indian, Nepalese, Pakistani, Afghani, Sri Lankan, all those cuisines, and they all make it for themselves. They're not making it for us. They're not dumbing it down. Exactly the way you taste it in Mumbai or in, or, or in all the, or Kathmandu or all the other places like that. Yeah, and it's really, really, really cheap. Yeah, like i had completely got out of a habit of cooking in UAE. Yeah,
1: we're like we're,
2: halfway. I used to walk to work. It's like takes twelve minutes to walk to work or four minutes on the bike, um, and halfway between work and home was the Afghan restaurant, Afghan Afghanistan restaurant, and you could buy a dal, a thing of soup, a naan bread the size of a laptop. Um, a salad for $2. And it's just like, time. you couldn't even buy the lentils for that. Yeah, that exactly.
0: It would cost you more to buy the things and make it yourself than it would just yeah. do it at the restaurant. That's one of our favorite things about the UAE is the range of food that we have and the authenticity of it. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. It's so good.
1: Yeah, we love going just down to Hamdan Street, getting out and just walking and finding some random mm-hmm. restaurant I've never heard of, never seen before in my life. And go in and try the food. Yep. You get looked at really And if it's weird. full
2: of the people from the same ethnicity as food, you know it's going to be good.
1: Yep. When you walk in there and you're the only oddball, you know it's going to be good.
2: <laughs> I'm always the only oddball. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, there's, there's certainly ones where I'm, I know because I was in it. Well, yeah, when I first arrived in 2008, there's this enormous um, shortage of accommodation. So they put me in a, in a four-star hotel for eight months. Um, and no kitchen. They had a mini bar fridge which froze everything you could put into it. It was unadjustable. So if you want a milk of your morning your breakfast, your cornflakes in the morning, you can take milk out of midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to know all the restaurants nearby. This is in, um, uh, what's it called? Aldana Hotel? No. One of those up here. Capital Hotel on the okay. on the near Cornish. All right. Yeah, but, yeah, that first, um, that first time was like, it took a while before I found my, my space in the UAE, before I found my tribe and what have you. And it was like the first eight months of living in a hotel it just sucked. It's just, I don't know. Um, After eight months, it was like if someone had told me I had to go be in the airport in an hour, I could have done it and not left anything important behind. Wow. And the second time I came, I figured that was a really dumb way to approach this. What you've got to do is no matter what is happening, you've got to live where you are. You can't yeah. half live. You can't, um, you won't last. You to invest in, emotionally in the, and physically into the place.
0: I really like that, live where you are. Yeah. Even if you're going to be there for a short while, that's really good advice.
2: Yeah. You can see the ones who are thinking, oh, I'm only here for a little while, so I'm not going to get too involved in X, Y, or Z. And they sit in their hotel room and watch cable TV and then wonder that they're not happy and leave in six months.
1: Yep, And we've seen that happen with people that we thought that thought we we're going to make it, and then they get into a routine of not going out, just staying at home, just not going meeting to work, anyone, yeah, you know, just going to work and coming home, and then you get a text from them in the middle of the night said, "Oh, we left," you know, yeah, yeah, and it's going, you know, it's sad when that happens. I think,
0: yeah, and you know, like we've been really lucky that our experience has been incredible in the UAE, but we like to think like that wasn't just luck. You know, like we worked hard. To, we made it to, fi- to find. Like, I, I am very, very blessed that my job is is lovely. Like, it's infuriating most days, but I love my team. I was placed in a good school initially. I had good students. I wasn't in a terrible situation. But then socially, we got out. We tried to find we, – we went through uh, the first month, I think, when we moved to Gate Towers, of where we just said, if anybody invites us to something, we're just going to say yes. Even if we don't know what yep. it is, and that's how we ended up at the hash. And
2: you guys are the poster children for saying <laughs> yes to things. You are, you are my epitome of it. And the fact that your life is really enjoyable is a really direct consequence of that decision. Like the fact you came to Bahrain after for that, for the, that event after you've been there for what, six weeks or something, or even less. Yeah,
0: yeah
1: I, I think would, less than a uh, month, like a
0: month, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah we Like been-
2: that's that's like going to Bahrain. You want to come? Yeah. yeah, why not?
0: Why not? I remember we it had just been like a month because Daniel's visa came in the day we left for Bahrain. because I had to go to the. I was like, please, 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 can you hurry the visa? Please, can you hurry the visa? We need to fly today.
1: <laughs> yeah, so
2: yeah, but that's, that's that's an example. You guys are the, like, yeah, you're the ones who are, who make their own luck. Is uh, I always think of you guys when I think of that phrase.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, but but honestly, like we do know people here. they're such good people and they could have a lot of fun but they just choose to be really passive and I feel like if you're not going to get out there and find what you want to be involved in and find different groups of people to hang out with find trails you want to go hike if you're just waiting for someone to invite you all the time it may or may not happen for you so
1: yeah and that's just not here that's just anywhere you are
0: yeah you have to actively seek out your happiness right
1: definitely and if you don't you'll never find it
0: yeah all right so let's move on. Can you tell us – you've just done so much that it was really hard to like narrow down like what are we going to talk to John about because we could talk Been to John about everything. Life. Okay, so you're right now you're in Australia. You just told us you're going to mm-hmm. LA and you're going to stay in the States. Yeah. What's your plan after that? Do you have an idea? Like,
2: Yeah, well, my, my, I had this really nice, you know, way to make God laugh as to tell me your plans. Um, so my plan when I retired was that you couldn't like I retired early. I was fifty four, I think, when I retired. So, and you don't retire at that age without having a lot of unearned privilege. Like I was born white, Western male, halfway intelligent, blah blah blah, and I also had a whole bunch of lucky things happen to me as well. So, um, so I definitely had a feeling. Especially one of the nice things about being in the UAE, so Europe. You have it in your face, the fact that how privileged you are being born where you are and, and in the circumstances of your life. You're beside people who are making a tiny, tiny fraction of what we're making, and usually the only difference between them and us is what country we were born in yeah. rather than anything in particular. So I had this, I knew it was ready, but again, being in the U.A., it really brought a home I've got, I need to that I needed something to even the ledger to, um, to make things up. And also i thought this would be a nice way to spend my retirement anyway so my plan was to do aid work um and some sort of philanthropic aid or volunteer work for the rest of the next 20 years or so partly because i think it'd be really interesting um and also partly to give back so um and that's so i came back in 27 left in 20 left the UAE in the end of 2016 and when i retired and basically took a year off which is basically a year of, of hiking and travel and at the end of the um, 2017, I was just about—I've been a month away from finishing the Appalachian Trail—when um, my father said, "Oh, can you help come back and help look after, look after me?" So he was getting a bit confused, and he had enough awareness to know he was being confused. Confused, and was, my mother was the primary caregiver for him. And she's the same age as him, so um, yeah. So, and I caused most of your grey hair, so it's only fair that I came back and and to help look after them. So. Um, and I also was the first of the kids to retire, so so I came back. Rather than going off and doing this philanthropic stuff, I came back and looked after him for a couple of years. And everyone thinks the story ends up dying. It actually he ends up from changing his medication and something even fogginess lifting, and he's back with us again as That's a, a normal functioning person again. So, um, which is like bonus years now. These are years we didn't expect to get with him, and he's he's mendis again, which is like it doesn't doesn't happen
3: wow. anyway. So
2: once um, once he was good. Once he was good enough, he didn't need help anymore. Um, that's when I decided, I, I didn't trust it for a while. I, took, I did short trips for a year. Um, and I could, if things turned bad, I could come back and help look after him. Because if you're looking up someone who's confused, it's not hard work, but it's just 24 yeah. seven. All the time, it's, it's like endless. So, um, so the idea, I went off to, what did I do first? Um, I went into, Pap- I was in Papua New Guinea when he changed his medication on a one month on a one month trip I think it was. Came back and suddenly he was the um, he was back with us again. But I didn't trust it. So then I took a I did a two month climbing trip in the pool to try and do a final big mountain.
1: Um final did, big mountain.
2: That, but I could have if if things had turned bad I could have come back right away. Then I went across and hiked in New Zealand, Island, the South Island part of Tierra um, and then went to the Pacific Islands. And the idea being if things turn bad I can just fly back. And then I went to Central Australia to hike a trail there near Alice Springs, and at the end of that he was still good and that's when I applied for to be a Australian volunteers international, which is a government program and that's how I ended up in Timor in 2019
1: and you were there until the pandemic hit, were not you?
2: yep, yeah, yeah, so they told us they told us they started pulling everyone out um in the start of march i said we're pulling everyone out all volunteers around around the world are pulling them back and then they said book a flight for the next two or three weeks and then on the, i went to went, went to my the place i was working at um on the friday afternoon i said look i'm flying back wednesday so i'll see you guys on monday and tuesday and i'll say goodbye then i got back home on a friday night and i got this call from the country director for avi i said so, you have to leave now oh, <laughs> so, nice. and then uh, and, yeah and then i was on a plane before i um, i was back in australia on sunday in hotel quarantine Wow. So I didn't even get to say goodbye to people I was working with. Man. I've still got a box of stuff and tea while I'm waiting in <laughs> a friend's house waiting for me to come back. So I thought, how long can pandemic last? Three yeah, months? Six right. months?
0: Yeah. Same thing I we was, said. <laughs> we all said, can you believe they're thinking it might last till June? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, guess who, guess who was wrong on no that one. So I had a, cause when I I was two weeks away when I got sent back home from the start of a random world trip. So I had, um, was it Timor, Australia, Taiwan, um, U.S., Portugal, Poland, uh, UAE, Jakarta, Timor. None of that happened. Wow. Instead, I was sitting in a hotel room.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. So are you planning to do that trip? Eventually,
2: uh, yeah. Well, well, you can't. Only business travel will allowed in Taiwan at the moment, so I'm hoping that will change between now and uh, and May when I'm when I'm coming back. But who knows? I can also just buy a ticket straight back if I need to. Be nice no, so I haven't had a new country in like a year, two and a half years,
1: and that's unheard of for you.
2: Yeah,
0: for you, that's just madness. You know, we <laughs> no. we we also think that you should. You're due back for a visit to the UAE.
2: Yeah, well, I was looking, I was looking at I, – I, look, I actually went to Eddie to where I'm trying to work out if I could do the um, – what was it? Go to a US fire Abu Dhabi, which I've yeah. done before. you um, should. And I was thinking of doing that, yeah, was, and then there's just yeah, you've got silly prices. And also, it was, it was more feasible when I was in business class. <laughs> it's less feasible in the economy class of doing two 14-hour flights in it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's not fun.
2: No, yeah. no, business class is
0: awesome. <laughs> we wouldn't know, but maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> Come
2: no. on, you've been on a few, you must have been
0: on at least once. No. No? No. no. Ever? No. 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 Well, I mean, okay, I okay so this. so in the States one time we paid for business class, but it was like on, not Southwest Airlines, but like on a small domestic oh, flight. Spirit. So, So it was just, yeah. no, I mean, it wasn't, I think it was American Airlines, but it was just like a wider seat that was in the front and yeah. I think it was leather instead of cloth like
1: it all the way back.
0: Not like yeah, that's, life. Lab. It's not the same as the long haul business class at all.
2: Yeah. I had, I had to keep reminding myself of this is also the privilege of a UAE thing is like you get really snooty about, when you get on business class and it's like, oh, it's 9, three twenty. oh, the seat doesn't go all the way flat. It's like, oh, bro, this is awful. Yeah. This, is the worst of yeah, this is the worst flight
0: I've ever <laughs> you, been on.
2: And you go you know, sit and think, yeah, I better shut up. Yeah. <laughs> i a bit more grateful for what yeah. I want to do. It's like I'm but just yeah, going funny.
0: through the air comfortably in a seat with champagne being served to me, and I'm still going to find a way to be like, this sucks. Yeah.
2: No, I think that's one of the things I found too. But with everyone was, was stuck in with lockdowns um, going on, um, it was more a, a reflection of what you were, who you were as a person, is how you reacted to it. Like I had friends who were like super active and they always were doing a hundred million things at a time, and they suddenly were locked down, and couldn't do anything. I thought they'd be miserable, but no, because they applied the same attitude towards lockdown as they did to everything else. Yeah. So they, they managed to find a way to make it work for them. Yeah. yeah There's that- people who can be on on a business class flight and still be miserable. Yeah, I mean, not even an A (laughs) three twenty one,
1: and that's what we had to do during lockdown because you know we lived in gate and our windows didn't even open at the time. Well, they still don't open Uh, the gate, and you know the only time we could go out was either going to the grocery store or going to the pharmacy. We'd be
0: like, we're going to the grocery store. We're going to buy one thing. I'm going to go back tomorrow (laughs) and buy one more thing.
1: I'm going to get one banana. Tomorrow I'll go get another banana. Yeah, but oh my goodness,
2: hello. How long were you
0: guys like that? It wasn't that long. Honestly, I can't remember how long those restrictions lasted. It's
1: about two months.
0: But like at, at, at some point oh. in those two months,
1: they they lightened up to where you could go out like You could you, go for a walk. You could go exercise for an hour a day outside. Yeah.
0: But there was, but nothing was open. Like no restaurants were open, only the supermarkets and the pharmacies. Yeah. That that's all that we could go to. And honestly, you had to obviously you had to wear a mask, you had to wear plastic gloves, you had yeah. to and it was It was hot, hot, so it's like you don't really want to go do those things if you don't have to. Um, But yeah, we had to find creative ways.
1: Yeah, so you know, we went to the basement four or basement three of of gate to where all where there's nothing, and we would just go walk in In the basement. basement (laughs) It's kind of you know walk laps. I got to do something. I can't just (laughs) you know stay in a one bedroom apartment twenty four hours a day. So we would just go walk, and I would go down there and run like five miles in a circle, (laughs) which would. After wow, a while, you, five
2: miles. Yeah. Do they do it with the um, stairways open? Uh, y- y-
1: y- if you didn't get caught in them because yeah. I tried to do it and then security oh. would tell me that I couldn't be in there. And
0: Yeah. So All you have to do yeah. is outrun them though, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the problem me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got sixty. Yeah, that was, was
2: one of my things, the solutions. Because like, I used to try and do one mountain every year as my pretending I'm solo climber thing. And it was always like in the northern summer. As in, so it meant that it would be a middle of summer in, in the UAE when you were training for something to do over Elbrus one year and uh, peak in Azerbaijan another year or whatever. Um, and whatever. And Elbrus was, I think, minus 25 on summit day Celsius. Oh, and then we And we were, we were training in, in plus 45. <laughs> so <laughs> and that's when I found out about the, the air-conditioned stairwells in, in the UAE. And next door to where – you remember Dusatani? Yep.
3: Um,
2: there's a 37-story hotel next to a Dusitani. And so I'd walk up the stairs, take the lift down, walk up the stairs, take the lift down. Now, if you do that five times a day, it's just pulling up Everest after a month. But mm-hmm. that was the only way to say, say um, like
0: climbing fit yeah. in the UAE in the middle of summer. It's yeah. a, a good plan. Yeah, I used to run,
1: when we lived in Gate, I would run from basement three to the 66th floor and, and Gate. And I'd do that once and then go back home. I wouldn't do it three <laughs> times.
0: Madness. I so, didn't run.
2: <laughs> I just had a podcast on and boom, you yeah, go. Yeah.
0: Man. But yeah, anyways. That was a little rabbit that we chased yeah. for a little bit. It's hard. Um, okay, so travel plans, hopefully all that works out for you that you can go to do the trip that you initially planned. And we yeah, really and we well, really hope you yeah, can swing know, through I'm, the UAE. Be a different trip. Yeah, we really I hope listen, you I've can. I've
2: got come come credits back. with Eddie Head and Air. I think I'll credit with me to fly to buy. A few more credits still in
1: there than you get paid back. tempted say you've got credits with every airline.
2: <laughs> no, you don't get many credits if you're on friends and family things. No, you don't earn any points or anything
0: like that. You just get to fly in business class for 90% <laughs> off. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah. complaining. Yeah, even on the A320. <laughs> it was a Dreamliner. Oh yeah. my god, that was awesome! That was my favorite business class. I've sort of been on a
0: three eighty. I feel like I'm, I'm missing out. So we flew on an A three eighty. Obviously not business class. We were in coach. We were coming back from uh, Bangkok.
1: Yeah, it was Bangkok on Emirates. And there was one person in business class, and I asked to go up there, and I was like, we were like, we I don't,
0: I- don't want to sit there. We just want to look at it because it had the bar." <laughs> and they were like, "No, there's somebody up there." And we're like,
2: oh, "Damn!" I was like, but, well, tell him to put his mask on, and I'll just. It was, walk probably, the- it was probably a staff member.
0: Yeah, yeah well, probably was. So, But even in Coach, for some reason, that flight was just not full at all. It was during Eid. Yeah. And uh, we had the entire huh. first section of Coach, just the two of us. So it felt awesome. like, you know, it felt a little bit more luxurious than normal Coach. But it was massive.
2: It's called ghetto business. You've got a whole row for yourself. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it was like a whole section. So it was quiet yeah. and nice. really nice. Um, okay. So from... The 110 plus countries that you visited, could you quickly know give which us? I question's
2: coming. No, no, no.
0: It's a different one. Can you quickly give us your top five?
2: That's the question I thought was coming. Oh, so well, like I have, I have a different children. question then well, after that. I can tell you a worse one.
0: That's the <laughs> <QA>. next question.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the worst one was easy. QA just had no redeeming features at all. Um, <laughs> so. I feel sorry for anyone from Kuwait listening to this, but your country sucks. Um, but it's like the shit, it's like the only places you can go to are um, like even Djibouti was a shithole They like had nice things outside it. Um, but Kuwait was just, oh God, it was awful. I was only there for like three days.
0: That seems like it was like, too much. All,
2: even all, all, the, all the unusual bits have been taken away. Like I used to have, um, if you know the history of the, of the uh, invasion of Kuwait, um, the Iraqis tried to all flee up the highway to uh, back into Iraq again, and they got bombed. And basically, all these vehicles got bombed on, the, on this highway, and the highway was cut, and the wish people would die. Terrible, sorry. But the, the wrecks of all these things used to be up, just pushed off the road and up there. So it used to be one of the tourist sites in, in QA. But even that's been cleared now. No. So,
0: so that's, no the worst, that's the worst one.
2: Yeah, for the five. Um, yeah, I, I get asked this a lot. and It's really hard to answer, but um, uh, Nepal, New Zealand, Iran, um, Turkey. I uh, have to say, it's like, yeah, it's a very really difficult question to answer. Um, hmm. Not Kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> it stands on the side.
0: i'm really excited to hear that turkey is in your top five because we're going to istanbul in a few weeks awesome yeah it's yeah. our first we were supposed to go in uh spring you been to no, no so we had planned spring 2020 that was like our spring break trip and of course it got canceled yeah. we're like oh we'll go 2021 obviously couldn't travel then either and so we're finally getting to go we're really excited
2: no that'd be awesome yeah when spring break
0: uh the first two weeks of april Oh, cool. Actually, they haven't confirmed those dates, but we're, we've booked the flight, so that's when we're going. In China. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was the weirdest thing. You couldn't tell when the, when the holiday was until the afternoon before. Yeah. That's such a UAE thing.
0: Yeah, it's infuriating. But, I mean, what can you do? Yeah. Okay, so another travel-related question. This is one we, <laughs> we ask everybody. In your opinion, what is the most underrated place you've ever visited?
2: Ooh. Hmm, this is when I should have been prepped for questions beforehand. I could have thought that was something worthwhile. Um, Central Asia, probably. Okay. okay, like the stands.
3: Yeah, I've only been
2: to six or seven stands. I haven't been to Pakistan yet because so they wouldn't let me in. Because um, I had, I saw when I applied, I had journalists written my passport because mm-hmm. the work visa had my job in it. Um, well, I think they, they didn't want a journalist going there, so uh, I think mean, I'll. They told me I'd they'd let me know when the visa was ready. That was six years ago. So Still I'm waiting. Or Still
1: waiting on it.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's, sure it's any time now. Yeah, <laughs> and it's probably my UAE number anyway. So, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Central Asia is really nice. I liked it a lot. Okay. But it, I don't know. But also, I'm, a, I'm an aberrant traveller. There's got to be a challenge to a travel. Um, you can't just. I don't know um just going there and just wandering around looking at things doesn't really do it for me it has got to be some sort of challenge to it whereas you're climbing it whether you're doing a long distance hike whether it's a really um like when i when I took the the four-wheel drive minibus from from djibouti to um through somaliland into ethiopia and things like that like there's like things that countries are on a note on the do not travel list for your government are usually the ones i enjoy the most yeah
1: I can definitely see that with yeah. you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's amazing because you know a lot of people people travel for different reasons, right? Some people just want to relax, so they yeah,
3: exactly,
0: or they want to be in a different place but have the exact same comforts as home. Some people want to just stay in a nice hotel, have a spa, whatnot. But and then other people want to really enjoy the country that they're in and know about the culture and eat the local food and have a local experience. And we've found that like those are the best trips Yeah, when far. you can have the local yeah. experience. And then and generally you... the
2: more you pay, the more insulated you are from the country.
0: Yeah, that's very true.
2: Yeah. I agree. It's like that. you're often paying to be insulated. Whereas I, I really enjoy, one of the things is like, this is a strange thing to, to focus on, but one of the things I like to do is work out how to use local transport. Yeah. Um, and then just use a bit, yeah, one one it's really cheap and two it's like you get to see how the locals travel. Yeah. Um it's, not, it's much more uncomfortable. But it's, but it's also more I don't know, you get a better idea of what a place is like following yeah. local, local transport, even if you can afford to take a taxi everywhere.
1: Yeah, and we found that out. We went to Kazakhstan what, however many I have
0: years no ago. No idea what year that was. But yeah.
1: And uh we kept seeing people just walk out to the street and hold their hand out and a car would stop so <laughs> to get it. And I was like, What in We were day? like,
0: We can try that. Let's just see but who stops. <laughs> I was like,
1: What is this? And, and I asked somebody and they're like, Oh, if somebody's going your way, you just get in the car and go with them and I was like, piss on it. We gotta try it. We're gonna do day. it. So the next morning we got we're up, like... we are like, We're going for breakfast, <laughs> stood out there, dude spoke no English. I said, We're going here, I showed him from my phone, he drove us straight there. I tried to give him money, which really offended him. And I was like really? Yeah, I was like, Dude, I'm just trying to tip you. He's like, No, no, you go with me, I go with you And I was like, I think you're saying that backwards, but it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so if you're going in the direction, they'll take you. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I I
2: mean, did, I've done that it a few times. In I did it in Turkmenistan, um, but the guy then that someone was like a taxi service. It's an informal taxi service. They expect to be paid.
1: No, they they right. just do it for free. Uh,
0: yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So we at least that was experience we had.
1: Oh, well, we did it a couple. Disclaimer: of times.
0: If you do that, if you're listening and you go try this and you get kidnapped or something, <laughs> it's not our fault. <laughs> okay so that's underrated would be like central asia what about the most overrated place you've ever been
2: is this the wrong time to say zanzibar <laughs> <laughs> i was listening to your podcast
0: on
2: zanzibar i was going oh yeah that's pretty accurate yeah. um
0: yeah.
2: overrated uh, i don't know i think uh, actually prague might Ooh. be my most overrated wow. thing because you went there in winter i remember cause yeah it was for christmas yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was there in June. I'd just come in from um from Poland, I think. Or we'll come I'll come somewhere anyway. Um no for Hungary. I come from Hungary on the way to Poland. And it was just like it was even in June, It wasn't even peak tourist season yet, and it was just wall to wall tourists. And it was like swimming up swimming against a tide of I don't think all wrong, overweight Americans. Um and you go Everywhere you went, there was just tourists in the in the main part of town. Anywhere old-ish was just and you know, it was just like this is awful. Yeah. And you anyway, know a cathedral on top of a hill uh, yeah. above above Prague. And it's like I we went up there so you can, normally you can get into a cathedral and it's quiet and you can kind of sit back and relax a little bit. And even that was full. <laughs> it was just anyway, I lasted about two days in Prague and I just thought, no, I'm gonna leave. And I went to Krakow and Krakow was everything that Prague thinks this is, is what Krakow still is.
0: Yeah. I really like we were really? supposed to be in Krakow in December before we went to Egypt, and uh, we ended up having to cancel our trip, but it was Kiev and Krakow, and we're really disappointed we, oh, have not, no. we have not been. It's okay. We'll get there. But Yeah. yeah.
2: Hopefully, Kiev will still be there. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's why we had to cancel, because yeah. they're like, oh, we can't give you a visa right now, and I was like, oh, I understand.
0: Well, and it was just... We were only going for a very short period of time. And if something were to happen, the airports would be affected immediately. And, you know.
1: It was a snowball effect.
0: Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah, things happen. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. That's So you're the first person that's had a European country for the most overrated. Yeah. Or European That's city. only
2: because... Uh,
0: but I do think... Yeah. So I think if we went to Prague now... We would have a very different experience because when we went, that was our first time to Europe, as our first time well, in like yeah. European Christmas markets and stuff like that. So, and it was tourist, touristy, but it wasn't like it wasn't how packed, you're saying.
2: No. Um, no, I, saw, I saw your photos, and it wasn't even the same league. Yes. Partly because you were out of season. Yeah, but, um, even when no, we,
1: was, we yeah. went up to the monastery, we went up there twice. We were the only people there, and we were the only yeah. people there. I mean, nobody yeah. was there. Us and so in the,
0: a very different experience if, than if it's packed with tourists we're the same way so if we if we go somewhere and people are like oh like you have to make sure you visit this monument or church or whatever and we're like yeah okay we'll we'll go by if there's like a line
2: I'm absolutely not like i
0: won't i'm not gonna go in because and it's not about waiting in the line it's about being in there with all those people and yeah. their selfie sticks that are just taking pictures for social media and not actually enjoying where, where they, they are. are
2: yeah yeah so yeah that's yes yeah, absolutely a thing too it's like um I went to I was in Egypt, um we were supposed to do a trip to Kathmandu for Holly. Was, I think this is before you guys arrived in the UAE. Um we were supposed to go to Kathmandu and Holly but the Turkish airlines plane had crashed on the only, only runway in Kathmandu and so no one could get in or out. And then and then they end up and so we after two days of waiting to get out to Kathmandu, um I and got a flight to um to uh um Cairo instead. I went to the Valley of the Kings. And this is relatively soon after the, after the revolution, or one of the second revolution in Egypt, and the tourists hadn't come back yet. And so every every tomb in the Valley of the Kings, I had it myself.
1: Oh, wow. Which
2: is, yeah, which is a, apparently an incredibly rare
1: thing. Yeah, I can imagine. That's very rare.
0: We were just in Cairo for Christmas. We went to see um, Janusz and Kasia. Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, tourism has not picked up back no. to the same level as it was pre-covid. However, when we were there, it was a very popular time for like local tours, I would say. Like a lot of people were visiting mm. the pyramids and things like that, but it, it wasn't packed.
1: No, definitely wasn't packed at all.
0: Like we do have some pictures because we got to the pyramids fairly early in the morning, and we have some pictures where there's no one else in the picture, which I think well, doesn't happen. By the time we were leaving, there were buses of people yeah. jumping out, but yeah. Yeah. It's a really special experience when you can.
1: Yeah, because even when we went to the, like, the Step Pyramid and stuff like that, we were, like.
0: In Saqqara. Yeah, yeah. in
1: Saqqara, we were, like, the only people there, mm-hmm. which is pretty
2: nice. Nice. Yeah, it
0: was amazing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it feels like yeah, you have a like, private um, tour. Yeah, I went to, yeah, when I, I, I've been to Antarctica twice, and I went to I went to the Ross Island section, which is South New Zealand. I went with, I went to got sent there for work each time and it's like the first time you go into scott's hut like captain scott from his original hut and it's like the first you're allowed only in there for like 10 minutes because they're worried about the condensation from your breath um affecting the hut's uh stability um ability, uh, well long long-term ability to survive so you're in there for 10 minutes and basically you go in there and i was taking your week's photos and, and you know walked out of it and it's like i'm not actually saw i saw anything in there i was just like endlessly running around trying to get every angle of photos I wanted to get. And then the second time I went down there, I was, we had three chopper flights back to back at Scott Base, and I volunteered to go on the third chopper flight just so I'd be there for longer. And you could just sit there and get a chair in the middle of the room and just, like, sit, and the whole thing sort of – the mood of have been absorbed. Um, I don't know, just enjoy the mood of the place. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was it was like learning a lesson from the first trip. And just doing the exact opposite thing on the second trip. Yep.
0: There are some things that we wish we could go back and do that. Like we have some beautiful pictures and we wish that we could go back and just experience again. And then there are some where we've done the opposite. We're like, oh, we don't we don't want to waste it like taking pictures. We just want to enjoy it. And now we're like, man, yeah, we wish, wish we had some pictures of that place. <laughs> it's, yeah,
2: it's a balance. So, yeah. So. yeah
1: well and, and you just got to figure out the balance do you want to live you know always taking picture trying to get the best angle standing in line for you know an hour to stand wherever to get you know the best shot or walk five minutes down from this where the nobody's at and you can take some of the coolest pictures ever and you don't have anybody in your way
0: yeah. we found that yeah. in santorini this summer uh, we actually we hadn't planned to go to santorini we wanted to go to thessaloniki but our flight got canceled mm-hmm. there. And so we're like, well, what's around the same time that's around the same price? And we got the flights to Santorini for next to nothing. I think for two round-trip tickets, 600 dirhams or something. It was just insanely what? cheap. Yeah, yeah, it was, So uh, Wiz Air is out of Abu Dhabi now. And these were like their, prom- yeah, a- yeah, yeah, these initial promo flights. Um, yeah, yeah, So it was great, the flights were cheap, but then Santorini is quite expensive, but everybody packs into these places for sunset. We, mm-hmm. had, we had a whole week, and we started calling the first night because we realized we needed reservations if we wanted to be anywhere at sunset. Everybody was already booked for the entire week. It was insane. You could come at 9 p.m. You could come at 4 p.m.
1: But you couldn't be there for you sunset. You could not, there. not sunset. It yeah.
0: was crazy. And so I think we ended up finding a small local restaurant that yeah. was the best meal that we had the whole time. And yeah. we were there for before right before sunset yeah and then we left and we walked just like a random little alleyway in a little village sat, sat down sat down on the stoop and just watched the sunset just the two of us and there were like some cats <clears throat> running by it was the most gorgeous setting
1: and everybody who walked past us and there was only like a half a dozen or so that walked past us but they were all locals there was no tourism no where we were and i was like that's, that's awesome was the, yeah. the best place to be
0: yeah so then the next night we're like, we'll just get a glass of wine or a beer and bring it down here with <laughs> us and watch the, watch the sunset again. So
2: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So someone, some Japanese guy has built a copy of Santorini and no one knows about it. It's really weird. I, got, I was doing this pilgrimage in Japan um, in 2008 between leaving work in New Zealand and arriving in Alaska. Um, it's like 1,200-kilometer pilgrimage around Chicago Island. And I got lost leaving one, one, um, one temple, ended up going up this pass turn over this ridge, and there is a copy of Santorini, like the white buildings, a little blue um, oh, dome things, absolute copy, like in the in the postcard view.
0: Oh my gosh, that's saying, bizarre! How am I? <laughs> it's like I took that a wrong turn, ended Cop- up in Greece. Hey? <laughs> took a wrong turn and, then, and ended up in Greece by accident.
2: So in Japan there's this is this copy of Santorini? I've never been in Santorini, but i seen sort of all sorts of things I'm
0: gonna, just have, like, gonna have to look what? that up yeah yeah <laughs> santorini was absolutely stunning oh, it's beautiful um it's very instagram famous i would say now yeah um, but there are still a lot of really good local things going on there
1: no definitely yeah you just, but you just have to find them yeah and while we were there we asked this local lady where to go and she's like don't go here don't go here all of these places <laughs> are family-owned and they're run like by multiple generations of families. They have the best wine, the best food, the best service, yep. and you won't see another tourist there. And I was like, "That's exactly where I want to be at."
0: Yeah, we ended up in a, wine, yeah, exactly. a winery. We met the fourth generation winemaker. Yeah, and then and it was like two little picnic tables. They didn't have the views or anything, but the wine was absolutely amazing. And then. The little restaurant, I think it was called Salt and Pepper, mm-hmm. had three tables. A husband and a wife run everything. He does all the cooking, and she does everything else. Like she cleans the toilets, everything, and probably the best meal we had. Yeah, in Santorini. Yeah,
2: that's, yeah, that's, that's the way. I am. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the thing is, yeah, one of the things I found is a, is a, a better location of a restaurant, the worse the food. The food doesn't have to be good. Yeah. Because people are going to go there anyway. Yeah, just that's because they have... A sign you, shouldn't, you shouldn't go there. Yeah, because the restaurant's have, busy and it's not in a good location. That's a really good sign. Exactly.
1: Just because they have a great view does not mean they get the best food. No. Well...
2: No, because they're never getting into business anyway, so yeah. it might look crappy, but...
1: And overcharge you for it. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Not that we haven't fallen into those tourist traps because we definitely have.
1: Yeah.
0: But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm we like try, we like try said, to the find balance. more off-the-beaten-path places. Like, like you taught us to. Learn from yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah.
2: Was it, was Kazakhstan a recommendation for me? I think you were mentioning it on a um, one of your earlier podcasts.
0: So I, I can't th- remember if it was me or not. I think you went, and you Derek went, but Derek and Megan had went. gone not too long before us. Yeah, because also we, their recommendation. But I think you had recommended it to them, oh, and then okay? They recommended it to us because we used the same uh, tour guide to go up one of the mountains that they had used.
1: Okay. That you that you recommended,
0: yeah,
2: in Almaty,
1: yeah, yeah okay yeah so bizarre
2: yeah it's a small, it's a small world it,
0: it is, is. <laughs> and, and of course like we keep recommending it to people no yeah. one's no one's gone yet <laughs> that we know yeah. of well, hopefully yeah. no one'll go to kuwait <laughs> we had some friends we have some friends here that uh, lived in kuwait for quite a long time so i'll have to ask them if it's i know they they much prefer it here
1: oh yeah definitely do.
0: yeah
2: it's so much nicer, and also you got Oman you can go to, even Qatar. The only place you can go to Qatar without flying is, is Saudi. which has got all the problems involved with that.
0: Yeah.
2: So at least Oman is like one of the thing that makes that helps keep everyone
0: sane in the in the UAE. Yep. Yeah, when you can cross the border.
1: Yeah, now we can cross it freely. We don't have to.
0: Yeah, we can cross the border. Yeah, you know, there's a. Um, and also, like in the Northern Emirates, they've added a lot in Ras Al Khaimah. They're really developing a lot of outdoors,
2: more yeah, organi- like organized and structured.
0: Ziplining. There's a Bear Grills wilderness camp that you can do. Oh, but, but honestly, like for <laughs> yep. some people, they probably wouldn't go on their own. They need something yeah, yeah. like that. So interesting, and they've just opened um, like a like a toboggan sled, like down.
2: Yeah, down one of the mountains. Yeah, like. zip line. Yeah, yeah, they got to the, the
0: Double J Yeah, line. one of my friends
2: just did it. Yeah. Yeah, when I, well, this is, when I first got to the UAE in 2009, because one of the things I always usually try and do, anywhere I live, I try and find the highest peak. So, and no one knew which one the highest peak was in 2008. It's like a CIA country list <laughs> that double her feet as the highest peak of the UAE. <laughs> right? CIA, but didn't know that it was the right one. And so I ended up having to, uh, I just I, I looked it up on on Google Earth, I think it was, and thinking, oh, this is, I reckon somewhere in Rack it would be the highest peak. Um, and then eventually, you've been up that road to Double J, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. So that was being built in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. So on New Year's New Year's, yeah, on New Year's I went up and drove a high car. You could drive about a third of way up the mountainings. So I was still working on. Um, They're still dirt. I and mean, then I started climbing up um, after after roadworks had finished. it just you found this like donkey paths going up where the road is now. And eventually the donkey path turns into this, like, an ATV sort of trail, which is, like, weird. It's getting better of a higher up mountain. you got to. And you crest this little range, and there's a shakes house up there, which is accessed by helicopter. <laughs> and just beyond it is the highest peak of the UAE. It's this little knob of a, of a uh, ridge that goes down from Jebel Jais, which is in Oman. So, yeah, I had to find out which one the highest peak in UAE was and hike up to it. I mean, the Sheikh's house was it. It was a very UAE experience, yeah,
0: definitely. That definitely sounds like it only could happen in the UAE. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. One of the things I miss is like every single day in the UAE, something happens that makes you go, "What, what the, the fuck?" Anyway, sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's both, sometimes yeah. it's more than once a day. But every single day, something's going to make you go, "What the." And you come back to a civilised world and you get those experiences like once a month or once every two or three months and it's just like I really missed it. Yep. Even like the guy like even like I was I had to had to I was doing a story on Mowaki when I was just bring it in and so I went down to, to the to thing in um, in um, near where Abadouan media used to be. And some guy had double parked on a pedestrian crossing. To come in to complain about getting a parking ticket, <laughs> and he was sitting there remonstrating with the uh, remonstrating with a guy at the counter, saying "lease, which is Arabic for "why, why," and then people were honking at him because he double parked on a pedestrian crossing. <laughs> and You see, this is a very Abu Dhabi moment we're yeah. having
0: here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had forgotten that you were the one who coined that term—the have your "what the fuck" moment every day in Abu Dhabi. We talked about that on one of the early podcasts. Yeah. About things that we love and things that infuriate us about living here. And that was one of the things we said, oh, yeah, like our friend told us, you should always have a what the fuck moment every single day. And yeah, during like the, it's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, but honestly, during the pandemic, like it because we weren't because, going out, so you're kind of like, I miss yeah. it. Like, I felt like we were missing those what the fuck moments, but our regulations changed so much that that gave us enough what the fuck moments to get by. Yeah,
2: so <laughs> during
3: the pandemic, yeah, that's,
2: a, that's a hard couple of years for UAE, yeah, to be living in the UAE as an expat. If you can't do international travel, you can't go outside much. That's that's, that's hard, eh? yeah. yeah.
0: It's also been really interesting because Dubai has a totally different set of rules than Abu Dhabi has,
1: yeah. COVID so, didn't. It does not exist, period. But then
0: they have like a really strict lockdown where if you wanted to leave, even for the grocery store, you had to send a WhatsApp and wait for your approval code and you could only be gone for two hours. Whereas Abu Dhabi never had that. No. But then that that was like very short lived in Dubai. And then, so we know people in Dubai who have had maybe one PCR test, period.
2: Hmm. How many of you had that?
0: I have, okay. at the moment I'm tested every two weeks. Previously, it was every seven, oh, every seven days. So I mean, I don't know, a hundred, yeah, 50, get this, 50 yeah. 70. I know I've had like at least 65, I would say.
1: Yeah. You just get used to them. Yeah. As
0: much
2: I have much had, you had could, one yet. Yeah. <laughs> or any, any, any test yet. Yeah. A really? lot of, and I didn't, like I was in West Australia, which is like, has had um, like half a dozen COVID deaths. And yeah.
1: then
3: it's
2: like, basically they kept COVID out, locked the borders down, what have you. It's just like. You would not even know COVID exists. It's like I hadn't, I didn't wear a mask once when I was there. Oh, wow. It's just, it's like a, it's like this pretend world where it's like COVID didn't exist. It's, like it's, it's pretty own, cool actually.
0: Own bubble. Yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. But hopefully, yeah. inshallah, things are getting back to normal.
2: Yeah. yeah. It feels like just in fact, you can travel internationally again as a, as a step. Well, for us, we couldn't do that for a loot until like the start of last month. We couldn't travel, we couldn't leave Australia.
1: Yeah. Now y'all open up to where y'all can go almost everywhere
2: yeah yeah other countries don't, want, Are don't they accepting like taiwan's only business travelers for example
0: is australia accepting tourists
2: yeah okay. yeah since the start of february okay do you have to quarantine new zealand's not accepting tourists yet do you so have to new zealand's a step up again again but It's like the us for example had had 2700 deaths per million people and new zealand's had 11 yeah. deaths per million people Yeah. so it's like there's a lot of dead grandma's out there as a consequence <laughs> of
0: that in um, in Australia if tourists come in now do they have to quarantine no okay.
2: no but they've got to be triple vaxxed because you guys are quad vaxxed aren't you you had the Sinopharm and then Pfizer we,
0: yeah, uh, we actually have three Sinopharm and two Pfizer
2: <laughs> penta yeah <Cool.
0: laughs>
1: and then we've got to go back next if, month and get a booster yeah
0: we're due for another booster next month so what <laughs> well <laughs> oh, it's, it's complicated yeah Cause we had our oh. Pfizer when we were in the States and so we don't have it on our record here cause we don't need the Pfizer here. We just need the Sinopharm to get to like, to keep our, we have an app that stays green. Like if you're tested and yeah. you're negative and you're vaccinated and we only need that Sinopharm on the app. So if we put the Pfizer on, it like causes a bunch of problems. We need the Pfizer for international travel. So it, <laughs> we're just going to be like
2: good times. Yeah. yeah. That must suck if you get vaccinated and no one recognizes it. Yep. As none of the other countries recognize you've been vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, that doesn't mean anything to us. What can yeah. you do? Well, we are so appreciative that you came on the podcast with us. We've been looking forward to this episode, honestly, since before we even launched the podcast. We yeah. had a whole list of, <laughs> of like people we could potentially interview and talk to about, um, People who live a unique lifestyle who don't necessarily fit into that nine to five box of stay in your hometown, Never like you leave. said, two point five kids, your mortgage, your white picket fence, and uh, honestly, you've been number one on the list. And then, <laughs> and then you were kind of hard to track down. And then, of course, we have the time difference. So yeah, yeah,
2: it's no gotta wait up. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: no, no, we definitely are. Like I said, it's been great just to sit around and shoot the shit for a little bit, catch yeah. up
0: we got to convince you to <laughs> come back.
2: I'll, to do, I'll, I'll get to the UAE and um, do the bottle of wine. You guys yes. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. do that. I've got to say, this is one of the things I, one thing I was thinking of is um, when chatting to you guys today was uh, the UAE is now your comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. So if you need to break out of your comfort zone now, means choosing somewhere else.
0: Yep. Yeah. We go through this conversation. Just put it out there. About once a day. At least once a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it felt like the pandemic time it felt like those years yeah. didn't really count so it's like I oh, just I'm trying to see a project through with work and Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know how it is. I was
2: actually surprised you guys are still there after, after all these is it 6 years now?
0: This is our 7th Seven. year. 7th um, year. Honestly, we we talked about leaving 4 years and after the our 4th year, it was the same time like Richard Where and Gaynor left. We wanted to go to Thailand for a bit. But like yeah. just take some time, travel through Asia, stick around Thailand, and then decide where we wanted to go after that. Um,
2: so change jobs, say six months off. Yeah,
0: yeah, like you did. See, I Which recommend that. Yeah, <laughs> you've done it multiple times. So, um, <laughs> but honestly, one of the things that keeps us in the UAE is that we really, really enjoy our social life, and that is a com- yep. it is a comfort. But the idea of. Awesome. It's fantastic. You know, like we have a really good group of friends. We're active here. We have different things that we're part of. But you're right. It is a comfort zone and it won't last forever. No, it won't.
2: Yeah. yeah trouble is, like, it. Well, the, the classic way people used to go to, do a few years in UAE, even then move to Hong Kong. That um, was especially for teaching people. And yeah. um, I, I don't think that's really an option anymore. Hong Kong's got turning yeah. a bit uh, pear shaped.
0: I think I can't. I'm not sure think where you'd end up. Like, Especially, so I've been out of the classroom now. This is my third year out of the classroom. And so, yeah, Yeah. so I just, I don't feel like
1: being a teacher.
0: I mean, it's not that like there are places I would go and still really want to be in the classroom if that's, if if that was the best option, but I would really like to have something where I could work remotely. So we didn't have to be tied to a specific place for a job. How cool
2: would that be? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's the dream. Laptop lifestyle, you know,
2: digital nomads. exactly. Yeah. I'll
1: be a bum and follow you around. I'm like, oh, where's Hensel going to be this week? <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll be like Hensel's entourage.
1: <laughs> yeah. John's I'm coming next bum. week. Yeah, John's yeah. coming next week. I need to check everything out.
0: <laughs> yeah. So hopefully one day yeah. very, working remote.
2: Very much so. Yeah. It'll work out. Yeah. Everything always works out. Just never in the way you expect. Yeah. Exactly.
0: My dad always says it all works out one way or another. So, and it does. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah all right but cool,
0: guys. yeah we really appreciate you coming yeah on thank here. you
1: so much john and uh we greatly, oh, we greatly appreciate it it's always good to catch up with you yeah. and hear about all your adventures
0: we're always inspired by you always yeah
2: not many, not many. Yeah. i can't, <laughs> not wait many see,
0: can't wait to see can't wait to see pictures from like hosting on the pct
2: yeah it should be fun yeah, yeah that'd definitely.
1: Be great yeah definitely keep us updated on that yeah all right good deal
0: all
1: right cool. all right Thank you.
2: Okay.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, share it on social media, give us a rating and leave a review. These really help us follow and connect with us on Instagram at our wayward life and reach out to us with any questions, either through social media or email at our wayward at gmail.com. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time.